Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Glory be to the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever in the ages of all ages. Amen. We all heard St. Peter's response to the Lord after he saw it. What is it that he saw? Do you remember? What did St. Peter see that made him respond the way he responded? Because he, 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 he spoke in different ways at different times to the Lord. And at one point he said, you know, this is my fishing. I know what I'm doing. And, but since you're asking, I will respect your request. But then he saw it. What is the it that he saw? The miracle of what? Miracle of the fish. What does that mean? Because, I mean, he saw, he saw an abundance of fish and it, it shocked him, it scared him, it amazed him. It made him think, what's going on here, right? So, St. Peter's reaction is quite often human nature's reaction to the Lord. When the Lord begins to manifest His work in my life, or when I start waking up to the work of the Lord in my life, sometimes I get a strange reaction. And I, my reaction actually scares me away, says, no, 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 I'm going to back away. I'm so amazed at the awe and the glory of God. And I said, no, no, this, I, I'm not good enough for this. Uh, God can't accept a sinner like me. I don't deserve God's love. I don't deserve God's mercy. Uh, so I, I either come closer in faith in the mercy and love of God and the compassion of God, or I take a few steps away out of fear. You know, no, God is going to punish me because I'm such a bad person. And this is, again, a big deception that the devil has put in the mind of humanity from the beginning of time. And from generation to generation to generation, people have fallen into this pit of feeling that there's no way they can be forgiven. There's no way God could accept someone like them. And th these are the words that St. Peter said, but they're also very often our words. When Simon Peter saw it, when he saw the glory of God, it's not the fish. St. Peter saw fish every day. St. Peter was at the lake every day, at the Sea of Galilee, every single day. So he saw fish all the time. Sometimes a very small catch, sometimes no catch, but he saw fish. He's been in the fish business since he was a boy. But when he saw it, when he saw the glory of God manifesting itself, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. Now, this is a key for us to remember because what was the first beatitude the Lord gives? On the Sermon of the Mount, the Lord said, Blessed are different groups of people. What was the first group of people to receive blessing from the Lord? Do you remember? Who were they? Blessed are the? The what? I heard somebody say poor something. What? The, very good. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who realize that when they see it, when they see the glory of God, they realize their need for it. They realize that who am I that I could stand before the Lord? Who am I? And yet the Lord in His love says, don't fear. Blessed are the poor in spirit. I have come for those. 
Father Matthew, the poor one, said, The sinner thinks that sin prevents him from seeking God, whereas it is for this that Christ has descended to ask for man. I mean, when someone realizes their sin in the face of God's glory and His purity and His holiness, and they feel their quote-unquote wretchedness, the Lord says, I've come for this. The Lord did not die on the cross so you can just have a nice cross hanging in your living room or to have a nice cross hanging around your neck or tattooed on your wrist or any of these things. The Lord hung on the cross for the salvation of every sinner. This is why He hung on the cross. So when St. Peter realized it, what did the Lord tell him? Do you remember? He told him, yes, you're a sinner. He told him, get away from me, you lawless one. Tom, you don't deserve to come into this place because you're full of sin. Is that what Saint, the Lord said to St. Peter? What did he say to St. Peter? Follow me. What did he say even before follow me? He said something about fear. Because St. Peter feared. What did say, the Lord's response about this fear? What was the Lord's response? Do not fear. You're afraid because of your sin? You think I will not accept you because of your sin? Don't be afraid. I've come for this. I've come for this reason. St. Macarius said when we sin, he holds out his hand in expectation of our repentance. And when we fall, he's not ashamed to take us back. The Lord is not ashamed to take us back. It's that broken heart, that broken state. People think like, I don't, I don't like having a broken heart. Have you ever had a broken heart? Very often that, that the, the, the title or the term broken heart comes with, with such a negative connotation. Think, my heart is broken. And we think of it and all the negative meanings of having a broken heart. Romance and this and that and the other. And Hollywood and movies that talk about broken hearts. The broken heart in this case is totally different. The broken heart is the heart that is finally cracked open in front of God. Literally, like a shell that has been closed on itself for years, for decades. Refusing to open itself, refusing to be honest and transparent and vulnerable in front of its creator. As soon as it does this, cracks open, all of a sudden, you have a manifestation of light, of glory, of acceptance, of love, of forgiveness, of reassurance that tells you, I have come for this. I have come for the brokenhearted. I have come for the heart that is sick. I have come for the heart that is in pain. We're not just talking about physical heart pain. I have not come just for that. I have come for every sense to take that broken heart and bless it. To turn it into a place of rest for my glory. This is what the Lord has come to do. So a broken heart is called to be blessed by God. Broken to be blessed. As you've heard many times, broken things can become blessed things. When you let God do the mending, quite often when I've gotten that broken heart, for whatever reasons I have it, I clump up, I close up on myself, refusing to let the grace of God in, and instead I let whatever it is that caused that brokenheartedness to happen, to fester, to rot in my heart, whether it's bitterness, whether it's anger, whether it's hatred, whether it's lack of forgiveness, whether it's not even to be able to forgive myself, whatever it is. All of these things, I just close up my heart solid on itself 
and let all of these negative toxins rot inside it, preventing the healing power of God. And there the heart doesn't heal, remains sick. God does not call us to have a sick heart. He calls you to heal your heart, to fill it with beyond what you ask or think. Sometimes we think we're, we're settling for such meager things to satisfy or heal the heart. Very meager things. When the Lord wants to fill this heart with things beyond what your mind can fathom. That's why St. Paul said what? Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor have entered into the heart. Into the heart of man. What God has prepared for those who love Him. For those who will allow Him to love them. For those who will allow Him to say, I love you and accept that He loves you as you are. Just face it. He loves you as you are. Doesn't mean He's going to leave you that way. But He loves you as you are nonetheless. He loves you as you are just the same. And He will take that if you open up and come in and do wondrous things in your life, with your life, for your life, and for those around you. You'll become blessed for you in your life and blessing for those around you. That's what he meant when he said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. That light is not mine. When he says, let your light, in reality, it's his light shining in me. It's not my light. Can the moon shine in of itself? No. The moon begins to shine when it reflects the light of the sun. You know that very well. Same thing applies to every single one of us. It says in Psalm 147, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He basically, all he, all he needs from us, though, is to give him the heart. He says in Proverbs, My son, give me your heart. and Let your eyes observe my ways. Give me your heart. But until I've given him my heart, until I've been open and honest about everything with him, he can't do much with it. He just stands at a distance. His hands are out. His hands are stretched out still, like they were on the cross. And he says, give me your heart. He's not going to grab it from you. He doesn't steal anything from us. He doesn't grab it. He waits for me to actually say, here, take it. He's waiting for me to say, take it. He stands at the door and knocks, it says in Revelation 3. I stand at the door and knock. To him who opens, to him who gives me the heart, who, him who tells me, yes, come in, he says, I will come and dine with you. I will eat with you. I will be in fellowship with you. Now and forever and ever and ever. That's his promise. So he doesn't leave those broken places and he will not leave us in our broken places if there's brokenness he won't leave us in it or there he's going to come and manifest great things in it if we let him there's a beautiful prophet in the old testament named joel and the prophecy of joel is about the restoration of the people and he says in it i will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten so many people mourn and live in regret and they say how have i wasted so many years of my life far from god how much time do i have left till god calls me home how much time i've wasted so much time the lord says don't worry about time time is in my hands i am the creator of everything around you and in you and you don't worry about that i will restore what time has eaten what you may have wasted, I will restore it. Because I'm able to restore it. Because I delight to restore it. The Lord is able to take a person and transform them in moments. In moments. If 
all relative to how much they open up their hearts. He will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. Just open your hearts. A good friend of mine died a long time ago in a motorcycle accident, many years ago. And his life, for a long period of his time, he was, you know, the same good-hearted guy, good friend, you know, that we hung out with. But his relationship with God was distant for various reasons. It's incredible how just days, weeks before his motorcycle accident, he had done a 180 with God on many levels. I remember God rest his soul, Father Mikhail Aziz, our beloved priest from St. Mark's Church, was his father of confession. And at the eulogy, at the funeral, he said he just confessed days ago. When he hadn't confessed for years ago. This doesn't mean we should abuse the system and say, I'll confess when I get older. I'll confess before I die. I will return to God whenever. No, that's a very, very, very dangerous gamble. Many, too many, far too many people play. But the idea is God is able in moments to transform the hearts. And in re reassure and assure me of my place in the kingdom. He will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. I saw this image online and I just loved it. I don't know if you've ever seen this before or not. This is a statue of the Lord in a church in his passion. The crown of thorns. He's bloody, he's beaten, he's wounded, he's tied up with ropes to release us. There's an icon of this in the Orthodox tradition called the icon of the bridegroom. Looking like this. But this is a statue. I'm just, I love the face of the beautiful baby staring at him. Did you notice? Look at this baby. The baby is completely mesmerized looking at Jesus. Completely mesmerized. The mommy was holding her baby like this with the baby's back on her tummy and the baby's just staring. The baby's not fidgeting, not moving, not completely dazzled by, focused on Jesus in the statue. And we all know that the, the purity of these children enables them to see things we may not be able to see as we get older. But we can see them again one day. But the point of this is that there's some sort, as if, as if this is a real eye contact, real connection between the Lord and His child. The Lord is saying, I want you to connect with me just as this baby is connecting here. That's why it said, unless one is converted and becomes as a little child, he cannot see, he cannot enter the kingdom. And the kingdom is of such of this innocence, this purity, this vulnerability, this openness to change, this desire, this no hidden agenda approach to God. This is what the Lord is asking us to live by, to return to. We had it. Every single one of us had this at one time or another. Whether we've lost it for a bit or not, again, the swarming locust can not take that away from the hand of God that restores. This can be restored once again. By his wounds we are healed, as it says in Isaiah 53. By his wounds. It says in John chapter 3, that as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so that anyone who was stung by those serpents in the wilderness and is meant to die, just looks and believes, will be saved. The same applies to us today. If you just turn your eyes away from your own personal feelings of wretchedness, sinfulness, darkness, whatever it is, and turn towards Jesus, 
There's immediate healing that begins to happen. Immediate restoration begins. It's not just like a light switch, but it begins. And it continues throughout your life. If you insist to walk on the path of holiness and repentance regularly. Repentance is not just a one-shot deal. Repentance is not just, I repent, I'm done. Repentance is a lifelong journey of growth in depth in Christ. That's what it is. Constant return to the Lord. Return. A constant new turn towards the Lord. So connect to God. You all heard about Wi-Fi and passwords. Everyone has a Wi-Fi account somewhere, a password account, a password for their Wi-Fi. This is simple. Your password to connect with God is prayer. Just connect. Just like that baby connected. Connect. If you can't connect for 10 minutes, connect for one minute. You can't connect for one minute, connect for 30 seconds. You can't connect for 30 seconds, connect for a second. And begin with that. That's all. Begin with that. The Lord is waiting. He's been waiting always. He's always there waiting. His hand is always stretched out. Always stretched out. It says, let us always have in front of our eyes the image of Jesus with Peter and the two boats full of fish. And remember this, if we have Christ near us and we will work according to his words, we will enjoy blessings that no one or nothing else can give us. This is again a promise from above. Guaranteed promise. And proven by countless amounts of souls here on earth now and many who have departed to their rest. It says in Psalm 51, You do not delight in sacrifice or I would bring it. You take note, do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, will not despise. We pray this psalm multiple times a day, in the morning. In every hour it's there, right after the Thanksgiving prayer. But some people just breeze through it. Others can take a moment and just maybe focus on verse 16 and 17 today. And maybe verse 12 and 13 tomorrow. And maybe verse 8 and 9 on Tuesday. And so on. Focus. Connect for a second. And realize that people think like, well, I've given my donations to the charities. I have done good to the poor. I have been good to my spouse. I have done this. I've done that. I serve the church. That's not what the Lord is calling for. He says, first, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. I desire loyal, devoted heart first. And then the sacrifices will come naturally. When you love someone, you give them everything because you love them. Right? Think of you who you love your wife, you love your husband, you love your kids, you love your parents. Because you love them, you're willing to die for them. It's just a, 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 rare, a normal human reaction to love. So how much more when that is connected with the Holy Spirit of God? What great things will you then do? Beyond. Beyond. And again, that's another promise from above. This is what the Lord is calling us to. Broken and contrite hearts. A heart that is open and true to God. God uses broken things beautifully. Broken clouds pour rain. Broken soil sets as fields. Broken crop yields seeds. Broken seeds give life to new plants. So when you feel you are broken, be assured. Rest assured that God is planning to utilize you for something great beyond your understanding, beyond your imagination. I just want to leave you with a couple of prayers here, or just one main prayer by St. Philaret of Moscow. It's a very beautiful prayer. It's, it's a morning prayer. You can find it online. You can easily find it. It's called the Morning Prayer of St. Philaret. 
O Lord, I do not know what to ask of Thee. Thou alone knowest what I need. Thou lovest me more than I know how to love myself. O Father, grant Thy servant what I myself do not know how to ask. I do not dare to ask a cross of Thee nor consolation. I only stand before Thee with my heart open. Thou seest the needs that I myself do not know. Look and work in me all... I can't read that. I lost I can't see it in my eyes. All or in... Sorry, thank you. All in me according to Thy mercy. Smite and heal me. Cast me down and raise me up. I am reverent and silent before thy holy will and ways that are unfathomable to me. I offer myself as a sacrifice to thee. Teach me to pray. Do thou thyself pray in me. Amen. It's a beautiful prayer. And again, it's a prayer that can be recited every morning for the opening of hearts. So I ask you to take a leap. St. Peter took a leap today. When the Lord told him, go back into the deep, he went into the deep. He found the huge catch. And then he realized after the Lord says, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll catch men. From now on, you'll do greater things than just fishing fish. So they cast, they, they, they left everything. They forsook everything and followed him. Take the leap. Start living outside of this tub. And start leaping into an ocean of what God is calling you to. This is what the Lord wants to do with our lives. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. Realize that God wants to do great things with every single one of us. Just let Him. Let Him. Connect and let Him. And say, here is my heart. I don't know what to do with it. Just imitate St. Philaret's prayer. And glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.